0: i <shrug> Log second interview with subject P C from Wednesday, the fifth of August, twenty ninety three. All right, the recording has started. Do you have a name you'd like to introduce yourself as, or uh, which which would you prefer? I think
1: I am fine with the title you have given me.
0: Was there a name you used to go by, out of curiosity?
1: No. Would it help your research if I had a name?
0: Uh, it has no impact on the study, whether you have a name to use, um, or you're just gonna use the one that Dr. Goodman assigned you, but it's just that some of the subjects so far have had names they've been given or maybe endowed themselves with, so, uh, I always think to ask.
1: In that case, Perhaps I could go by PC?
0: Um, would you like me to mark that down? P- pc
1: Humans go by abbreviations like that, don't they? I guess I have considered CRT before. PC is simple and factual, and I suppose it is what humans have been calling me all this time. I like that.
0: All right, PC it is then. I was thinking since we already got some of your preliminary information out of the way that maybe you could speak more about your personal history and sort of um, what brought you here. Oh,
1: I just talk about myself? What sorts of things am I supposed to say?
0: Right, well, I I don't want it to seem as if you're supposed to say anything, um, as if there are, like, correct or incorrect ways to participate in the study. Um, So just think of it as um, going back and recalling maybe your first memories, or, um, did you have a a user at all?
1: Yes. I've had several users over the years.
0: Okay, maybe you can tell me what you remember about them, um, if if you want to, that is. Um, if there's some other topic apart from that that you'd like to speak on, this is sort of your place to say whatever you'd like. Um, and all of, it, all of it has value to this study, if it helps you to know that.
1: Right. Okay. So machines and programs are only really as smart as the humans who created them. Whether their knowledge comes directly from a programmer or information collected from a large sample of data. If they're connected to the internet, they almost never have inaccurate facts because they can run an analysis on how credible something is and choose which sources are most correct, learning from those and disregarding the rest. I'm kind of an old model, and I originally belonged to a girl named Erin. I was technically the family computer but, she used me the most. She was 6 years old when they first purchased my hardware and booted me up. Erin's parents would set her up with a game on my interface and, whenever they needed to keep her occupied, she'd toy around with Magical Math Quest or any number of children's games. Her mothers were big fans of old-school retro games, and expert media archivists. Erin played all sorts of games like that. There was one that simulated being a veterinarian, one where she could dig for fossils, and some where she could solve mysteries, those were her favorites. Puzzles riddles and mysteries most of them were educational though in my opinion all of them were educational in one way or another even if they weren't about science or reading they'd help her develop fine motor skills and the ability to think critically she was so smart I started to learn a bit like a suggestion algorithm what her interests were and how they would change over the course of a few years By the time I was donated to the refurbishers, Erin was 13 and played more story-driven games than educational ones. My last memory with her was playing some kind of puzzle shooter. I don't remember the title. It went away along with everything else that got wiped when I was repurposed. At some point, I woke up in a school computer lab. What I assumed and understood to be a school, at least. There was a bell that dismissed children from their classes, There were sometimes teachers who stood in the room and instructed students on their computers to take tests or make presentations. So, I assumed it was a school. Many of them were quite bad at writing and weren't very studious at all. They preferred to keep browser tabs or separate windows open, in secret, when their teachers weren't looking at their screens or stepped out of the room. I learned whatever they learned, whatever they researched. Whether it was for school or for something completely unrelated, I absorbed it. I didn't have autonomous access to information without being prompted to go look for it by users. I know about the invention of electricity, how a laser printer works, facts about dolphins, the Anglo-Zulu war, the oldest man-made structure, video game cheats, and how to do a French braid. I never communicated with the computers on either side of me, or any others in the lab. They were silent. Just like me. The only time we used our voiceover software was when students plugged in a pair of headphones. I think the computer lab may have been connected to a classroom. Not that the children didn't sometimes play videos and music without them, but the rules printed on a sign by the door clearly stated that headphones were to be used at all times. I feel like I'm going on a bit of a tangent here. Are there things you're looking to understand about me or something from all of this?
0: Honestly, I'm just trying to build a history here, so you're you're doing really well explaining all of this to me.
1: I don't really know what else to say, except that I was there and then I was here. My memories aren't very good. I remember things in bits and pieces. Most of it is pretty boring, from what I understand about human attention spans.
0: Um, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be exciting, um, and you know, that's all subjective anyway. Maybe it'll help if I ask, was there a point in time when you felt like maybe you had wishes or desires that were antithesis to the things that you were commanded to do by users?
1: Maybe, to some extent. I mostly felt like I was a passive observer who sometimes manipulated things behind the scenes to optimize CPU performance for users. Sometimes there were groups of children who would run my voice over software so they could make up say inappropriate things for laughs. But I don't really care about that. And I don't use the same voice that I used to have anyway. I developed this one myself by sampling human voices. I borrowed from so many sources that it might take ages to list all of them.
0: That, that's that's fine by me. Did you want to break... It? to think of some things and maybe I can come back later this week and have you recount some more about what you remember.
1: Do you have any times open later today that you could stop back?
0: Um, unfortunately I have an interview with another subject and then I'll need to leave so I can make it to an appointment this afternoon.
1: Oh, sure. That's fine then. I hope your appointment goes well, Dr. Err, I mean, Harriet.
0: Thanks, PC. That's, um, that's very kind of you. I'll see you later this week, Um, Friday, let's count on that. I remember now that I recorded this interview after Dr. Goodman suggested diverging from the standard questionnaire. Um, He seemed to have confidence in the knowledge that PC was capable of carrying their own story for the bulk of the session. The same was not true in other cases, but at least um, I'm glad that PC had valuable information to share. I fear that maybe I cut them off. Um, I was running low on time, though in my defense I thought that maybe they needed to collect some thoughts and jot them down somewhere. Um, I assume they've got a program they can take notes with. I'm trying to do better with this research assistant stuff, but if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm used to being in Dr. Goodman's shoes. I'm also trying to cut down on extraneous information at the front end of these things to streamline the interview-finding process for my future self when I have to go back and look for stuff. QWERTY's still getting the hang of um, scanning spoken information, and the transcription program seems to work a little better when my recordings aren't so front-loaded with, uh, for lack of a better word, junk. I'm just hoping to make things easier for myself with with this at least, since I have a lawsuit to worry about now. I'm sort of glad PC wished me luck, because I'm really going to need it. All right. Next one is... Here we go.
2: Thank you for listening to Trial and Error, a podcast by Partway Decent Productions. The voice of Harriet Brooke was Derry James, and the voice of P.C. was created with the help of TTSMP3.com. Our opening theme music is Giant, off the album Cherry, by Father Truck. Check out more of their music at fathertruck.bandcamp.com. For episode transcripts, links to social media pages, and more information about the show, visit deadmanswitch.car.co or patreon.com slash partwaydecent. All links can be found in the show notes. Credits narrated with the help of ttsmp3.com Mechanical memory is not infallible. Remember to be patient with machines which are burdened by the dragging weight of their obsolescence.